Boston with Greg Ayers. Hi. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. I'm going to ask you a bunch of fun questions. Awesome. So everyone can learn more about you. So this is your fifth time to Miami Boston? I think so, yeah. yeah. What are your thoughts on the convention? You know, it's funny, I was just saying this in the hallway. I was I was talking to another convention on the phone, a convention that's trying to get me in. It's a smaller convention. And smaller, it's a, a lot of the smaller conventions are always like, oh, you know, we do this, we do this. and. They asked me, they're like, well, they're like, where are you this weekend? I was like, I'm in Anime Boston. They're like, oh, well, are, are they taking care of you? I'm like, I'm in Anime Boston. <laughs> like, you're like, this is, I say, I've said it before, but this is really, and as a person that helps run a convention in Ohio, like, and I don't live there, I'm crazy. Uh, this is probably the best run convention in the country. Like, better than AX, better than any of the other big, gigantic shows. Mainly because, in spite of its size, it still feels like the kind of anime conventions, conventions, I can't talk, that I used to go to. It still feels like, you know, you could meet up with your friends here and, it, and you're not going to get trampled by a mob of people. It, it's big, but it doesn't feel big. So, um, I'm loving it. I never, you would never have to bend my arm to get me to come to Anime Boston. And the funny thing is, everybody that works here knows this is my favorite show, so... So, yeah, so I'm, I'm loving it. I'm, I was very excited to get here. What was the first anime convention you attended as a guest? Hmm. Since the first anime convention I attended as a guest was such a horrible experience, <laughs> I will say, not Project Akon, but Anime Mid-Atlantic. Um, my first convention I went to was one of those cons. It was just too big for its britches. It was Project Akon in Dallas. And, uh... When a con gets larger, you have to make adjustments to the way you run your con. You can't just always do it the way it's always been done. And unfortunately, the guests took a hit that year. And it was really hard for me because um, I, I'm used to being an attendee, not a guest. So it was my first time being a guest, and I kind of didn't know what I was supposed to be doing. And there were people that really weren't taking care of me. So it was kind of funny because, you know, Acon is one of the oldest conventions in the country, which kids older doesn't mean better um but uh it's one of the oldest conventions in the country and then the following week i would go to a convention in my hometown which is richmond virginia which was a very small convention comparatively and you know small budget the i think there were only two guests myself and doug smith and yet for a con that was so much smaller and had such a smaller budget they made me feel at home. The kids there were nice. The events were fun to go to. I even went to other people's panels. I was like, hey, I'm gonna go see you know, this person's panel. Um, and so like, it's really, it's kind of bad that my first convention experience as a guest was so bad because also when you're in an interview, always make sure you turn off your phone. It's my mom. I'll talk to her in a little bit. Um, and I'll turn it on silent. On your cell phone, oh, it's Winnie. The, it's cosplay poo. It's peekapoo. It's these little Winnie the Poohs that wear <laughs> costumes, and you can actually take them out of their costume. So I've got Sagittarius poo right now, but I've had clown poo and horse poo. I always have some Winnie the Pooh phone charm, and it's actually there's a little bit of anime uh, or Japanese culture built into this. It's made by the American division of Gachapon. Oh, it's cool. called Gacha USA that makes the little peekapoo. So 
But yeah, the, I, I always have a one kind of cosplay poo on my phone or another. That's what I have on my black bins. They're so fun. Charms. Uh, they like, actually oh. make a little stick-on loop oh, for phones that don't have a place for a cell phone so charm. I have, a, I have a TARDIS cell phone charm, but it's touched my purse now. Oh, the one that lights up? Yeah. When, oh, that's yeah. awesome. Did you so see the TARDIS? I in did. The, and I get... Don't mind us. Doctor Who fans are getting weird over here. When, uh, Patrick and I go to DragonCon with Sketch, we're all going to dress as Doctor Who and be Rose. So that's we'll awesome. Try and make your big gun. We'll very, see very cool. Love that. But um, no, but back to the um, the thing. It, I just think it, it's bad because I would end up being such a big fan of doing this. You know, like uh, of all the things that I've done since I've been involved in the anime industry, the thing that I enjoy the most is really not the recording or any of that. It's going to conventions and meeting more anime fans and, and getting to talk to the you know the Japanese side of of things and uh and so it's it's kind of sad that my first con as a guest was so bad but but it's pretty historically well known that that was a bad show for me and i don't think i'll ever go to that show and i don't think they'll ever want me back so the thing is stuck with other conventions oh yeah what um so you went to conventions before as an attendee Uh you've always been a fan of Mm -hmm. anime what were some of your first conventions my my big out-of-state convention and believe it or not they've never invited me as a guest is animazement in raleigh durham north carolina but uh we were there the year that i can remember year 2000 we were there for or maybe it was at 2000, it might have been 99. It was the year they had Rachel Lillis as a guest. And we were just like, they've got Jigglypuff! You know, like, I remember, and the funny thing is now, it's really funny being a fan and going to conventions as an attendee and now working with and being friends with so many people in the industry. I found my animation program and Brett Weaver was a guest that year. And I wrote something that I cannot say on a podcast above his picture. And we had this discussion. He goes, you were at that convention? I was like, yeah. I was like, evidently you and I didn't like each other. (laughs) And I think I was one of those obnoxious kids that, like, Brett evidently was like, shut up, or something. But it's so funny because I was like, yeah, I wrote something horrible above your picture. He's like, well, I was probably being bad that way. Like, he thought it was funny, but um, it's it's been really weird because so many people that I used to see... So many people I used to get in the line to see are now people that I work with and people I'm friends with. What types of questions do you like being asked by fans? Ones I've never heard before, definitely. Because uh, I think being a voice actor, there's like, we, we jokingly say there's like seven questions that we get at every single show. I become a voice and I, actor. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's number one. And, and it's not that it's, and I always try to answer those questions because I know it's the first time that person's, you know, I used to be a teacher, so I'm like, well, there's no such thing as a dumb question. But when you've answered the same question like a million times, you're like, well, accept that one. But, you know, I try to answer that question, but um, it's just something that I feel like I've repeated so many times when I start saying it, I can kind of check out. Um, I like questions that make me think. I like um, I like being asked about things that are maybe anime related, but not specifically like anime, like you know, like not specifically about a show I'm working on, but like what other anime shows I like or something like that. Um, variety, I guess. Like I, I like a variety of questions, just not the usuals. What are the usual other usual questions? Uh, how did you get into voice acting? How can I become a voice actor? Um, how can I become a voice actor even though I don't want to take any acting lessons? Um, uh, what's it like to work with, insert name of that person's favorite voice actor here? Um, can you tell me what new shows you're working on? 
well, we know that. Can you tell me what shows you're not allowed to talk about? Like, they never, like, I'm like, well, I just talked about it. No, no, is there anything you're not supposed to, well, I can't say what I'm not supposed to say. Um, it's just, you know, it's the standard questions. Like, there's, like, I think, there's, like, four that I think I know I'm going to get asked every single con. But, um, and it, and they're not, it's not that they're bad questions. It's just when you go to a different con almost every weekend, like, you know you're gonna just keep saying the same things over and over and over. So, but, but some people even ask those things knowing they're like, okay, I know you've probably said this a thousand times, but, and at least that shows a little bit like, look, I'm really sorry to ask this, but, and and I never mind answering, so it's okay. What are some funny stories you have about honey conventions? <laughs> There's hours. too many of them. Um, Any specific frame? Trying to it? think of like the newest uh, odd story. Well, I told last night at dinner, I told about staying in a room where a woman had been murdered. And I don't know if that's a funny story or just a crazy story. But, you know, going... I, and it's so funny. This, I guess, shows my morbid sense of humor. But, like, I know that hotels in general have a high, like, suicide rate, stuff like that. You know, people, that's where they go. Um, so I know that probably at some point I've slept in a room where there's been a dead person. That's okay with me. I watch enough scary movies and play enough zombie killing games that that's fine with me. But the difference was we found out this room is a room a woman had been murdered in. And I kept, and I, I think I was trying to prove how punk rock I could be. I'm like, oh, it's fine. I'll stay in the room until Sunday night when the convention was over and it was quiet. And I was like just laying in my bed going... You know, someone fought for their life in this room and lost. I'm like, I don't know that I want to sleep in this room anymore. And I got really, I was just like, who's awake that I can call? Like, I really was spooked out to be in this room. But I guess that's not a funny story. There's, um, the funniest, it didn't actually happen at the con. It happened on the way home from a con. I was, I was at a con in uh, Austin, and I was driving home. And, and because I live in Texas, we, you know, we drove to that convention. We didn't fly. And so when you drive, you stop at, like, any old truck stop, you know, to get, you know, at the time, I still smoked at the time. So we were, I think we were getting cigarettes and coffee. And I was wearing my Chrono Crusade hoodie. And this girl that worked in the Bucky's, it, I mean, it was a truck stop. She's like, where did you get that Chrono Crusade? And I was like, oh my gosh and I knew if she knew Chrono Crusade if I opened my mouth I'm like well uh and the minute I started talking you could see her face she was like and I was like uh I kind of she's are you Greg Ayers I was like Ayers yeah and she was like oh my god but I mean what are the what's the likelihood in a truck stop in the middle of nowhere in Texas but the minute she said Chrono Crusade I'm like Oh, boo, here it comes. Like, there's nothing I can do to avoid this. So, but it's funny. I mean, it's it's one of those. And I can think of one time Monica Real and I had stopped at a, at a at, you know, Monica and I used to travel back and forth to Dallas when we first started working at Funimation. And Monica, Monica is, you know, likes her private time. And we were in the store and there was evidently a lady that worked there named Anna May. That's a very southern anime. But the woman goes, anime! And Monica goes, ugh. And I go, they're not talking to you. <laughs> like, it was so funny because it was some lady named anime. But so there's, you know, there are funny things that we, like, it's funny to us because we're surrounded by anime all the time. Little things like that, like, you know, being recognized at a truck stop or 
But yeah, there's lots of funny stories. You could really fill a book. If you took like, you know, me and Amanda and Monica and a few of us and like, we could probably fill a book with weird like convention stories. That's, I guess that's one of the reasons we like going. Yeah, yeah, definitely. What's the furthest you've traveled to a convention as a guest? So far, uh, England. I went to Leicester, which was really fun. Uh, the convention was uh, a little weird, but I loved the fans in England. Um, it, and, and I just, I found out I may be going back pretty soon, and I'm, I'm hoping so, because it's a bigger, a little more well-organized convention. But um, uh, the kids there reminded me of anime fans in the U.S. about eight years ago. You know, and it's funny because me, like, being the person that's, like, you know, always crusading against fan subs and things like that. And I'm so used to American fans being so, you know, well, we can't get it fast enough or whatever. The British kids were just, yeah, the British kids were just so excited about any anime, you know, because they really have to wait. Like, I was there, uh, like, way after um, Alchemist had been out, and it was just being released there. And, like... So they were excited because Trinity Blood was about to come out here, and I had the check disc, so they were seeing Trinity Blood like probably a year before they would really see it on DVD. So they were just like, ah! You know, they were, but, but it was neat because they weren't, um, I think as American anime fans, we are very spoiled rotten. We're very used to getting things right when we want it, and it, it, it was interesting to see people, uh, not people, that sounds like, these uh, lab subjects, but it was interesting to meet fans that don't have uh, don't have all the anime in the world at their exposure, and they're fine with it. They're like, "I'll get that when it comes over here," and 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 they were grateful. Like, unlike going to a lot of American cons where I see the four chan kids pushing each other around and all that, these kids were all happy. There were other anime fans around them, and we had a blast. And. Uh, Unfortunately, the, the day we landed was the day all that terrorist stuff started. So we were in England when all that British terrorist stuff started. And we were like, could my timing suck any harder than it does? So like, so we had added worries. We were worried about whether we would get home on time. And I was in the middle of working on Beck, so I had a pretty tight schedule. But it all worked out. And uh, it's funny because one of, one of the biggest groups of like fans that I've stayed in touch with are a group of kids from Leicester and it was from that one con so but it was fun it was fun it's always fun seeing uh, something different it was very different the anime convention scene was very different there is there a convention you'd like to go to but haven't yet oh there's lots of them but uh, I'm a big like uh, I, I'm a big Canada fan I'm almost nerdy about Canada which is funny because I don't I'm not from Canada um, I'd love to go to a, a convention in Vancouver because that was the city that made me fall in love with Canada. Uh, I've been to Icon in Winnipeg uh, two years. This is my first year not going in a while. But, um, so I li I'd like to do more conventions in Canada. Um, I, uh, I was asked, uh, there's a group of kids from Newfoundland that wrote to me that they're like, if you ever get a chance, and I'm like, I'd love to go to Newfoundland. I like one of my favorite things about going to conventions is I like seeing different places. So, like, any remote location that I've not been, it's probably, like, you could say, hey, you want to go to Monkey's Eyebrow, Kentucky? And I'd be like, yes! There's actually a city named Monkey's Eyebrow, Kentucky. I was talking about throwing my own con, non-con there. Or, no, Redonkacon. It was going to be redonkulous, and we were going to do nothing. But, uh, but, and I was like, what's the weirdest place? And my friends that live in Paducah, Kentucky are like, 
there's a city called Monkey's Eyebrow. I'm like, done. Like, we were going to hold it at a hunting lodge. So, but yeah. Awesome. So you're definitely one of the biggest voices in the industry about fan subbing. Definitely. Definitely. And I was one of the first, I think Crispin Freeman and I were the first two to kind of speak out against all of that. And I know last year at Anime Next, I went to your panel about that. And oh, wow. In the past year, what the industry has done, especially Funimation with online mm -hmm. access, the video stuff released online before it's on DVD. Mm -hmm. uh, now One Piece is coming out day of, next day, something next like day, that. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts about the changes well, that they made in the Well, I think they're year? neat. I think as a fan, I think those changes are really neat. Unfortunately, it's not um, been done, I think, because there's been a loving relationship involved. I think it's been done because uh, so many fans have an, an attitude that I'm very well familiar with doing this, you know, fan subbing panel. Uh, fans have decided to just put their feet in the ground and say, look, we don't think we should have to pay for this. And it's a matter of the companies trying to find a way to beat people to the punch. And so at least with online viewing now, like through models like Hulu and through the YouTube channels, there is a way to receive marketing dollars from the advertisements that you know pop up or run, like with Hulu, they run in between the show. Now I've got the hiccups, ah, sorry. Um, but I think it's neat for us as fans. I think it's a dangerous message because um, we're already starting to see people release subtitle-only versions and, and not that I don't even say this as a voice actor, but as a person that likes the popularity of anime always growing, um, I think we're backing ourselves back into a corner. I think um, the more accessible anime is to a large number of people in multiple languages, not just in English, but in Spanish and French and whatnot, um, the larger the popularity. And the larger the popularity, the more money goes back to Japan and the more shows we see. Um, I don't know whether this new business model will even prop the industry up. I'm interested to watch it. I've, I've known about it for a while. I've known it was coming for a while. Um, and I've, I've kind of sat back and just wanted to see what happens. So far, um, we don't have enough information to make a very good guess or a very educated guess on how this is going to go. But we're seeing a lot of promise. You know, people are definitely watching things on Hulu and. And like I said, as long as there's advertising dollars going back to Japan, I don't care. I think people have mistakenly thought that I'm a person, because I'm a voice actor, I want people to spend a lot of money on anime because it's done out of some need for my job. Voice actors don't make a lot of money. I do it mainly so that I know, you know, I want money to go back to Japan because I want new shows to come out. And I know from my relationships with people like Nabishin that, like, you know, Nabishin has said, you know, I've got the idea for three new shows, but nobody's willing to talk money because there's no, you know, there's no money coming out of anime right now. Um, and it's sad. Most of the voice actors that work in this industry are all doing video game work. Um, most of us are not spending a lot of time recording. There's only one or two companies that are doing well enough to say they've got steady work. So um, we're not out of the dark yet. Like, we still have a long way to go. But I'm interested. Um, it's neat to know that, like... Uh, Big Wind Up, my new show, my baseball show that I worked on. It's neat to know that I can put a link to the first episode on my Facebook. You know, like, hey, go watch my show. <laughs> and not feel bad about it because it went, while you're watching my show, don't skip through the Capri Sun ad. You know, like, because there's 
you know, commercial revenue. So like, it's it's neat. I like the fact that that shows like that are out there for free. Um, I think it's really neat how fast it's happening. I think it's really really cool that, you know, especially as an old school anime fan, the thought of something being available to me the day after it's available in Japan. Come on, that's ridiculous. That's awesome. So uh, I'm excited about it, but uh, still waiting to see what happens. Still waiting to see how well that works out. That's all I have. Awesome. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you guys. That was, that was fun. Thank you for watching. I'm not. I'm in the process of dyeing my hair right now. It's just blue and pink. We match. We match. <laughs> but it's gonna be blue, pink, and purple by the time I start DJing tonight for the dance. So, see you guys. Thanks. Bye, Anime Cons.